The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. And now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old the Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Tony. Well, hello, young people. Excited for the big season finale here. Yeah, this series of Old Space Show follows the episode by episode, time-traveling, body-hopping exploits of the first season of Quantum Leap. Today, we will be talking about the ninth and final episode of season one. Play it again, Seymour. It's the early 1950s, and Sam has leapt into the body of a New York City private detective, Nick Allen. Apart from the fact that Allen bears a striking resemblance to Humphrey Bogart, Sam feels that he has leaped into a cheap pulp novel, something that proves to be all too accurate when he realizes that he knows the story and is constantly having a sense of deja vu. With his partner murdered, Sam has to not only find the murderer, but launch the career of a prospective writer. This one is directed by Alan Lipstadt, written by Scott Shepard and Donald P. Belisario, off a story by them and Tom Blomquist. It stars Scott, stars Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, with guest star Claudia Christian, Willie Garson, and Paul Linky. Uh, Lipstadt, funny enough, did the other similar to this episode, Double Identity. The other. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> funny uh, how that works out. <laughs> we'll get that guy back. Uh, Shepard, who wrote, uh, would do two more Quantum Leap episodes. He wrote The Equalizer, Murder, She Wrote, Outer Limits, True Calling, and The Dead Zone. Notably, he produced and did an uncredited draft on that 1997 Justice League of America TV movie. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Get him to the conventions now. Uh, and also produced 21 episodes of Miami Vice. So Nice. Uh, and Claudia Christian, of course, uh, she's currently on 911, but you know her for her role in Babylon 5 as Susan Ivanova and has been in just a ton of TV stuff. Like, you see her, you're like, I know her from somewhere, if you're not familiar with Babylon 5. Right. Uh, Willie Garson. Which, huh? Yeah. Which? I was going to say, which, if you're not familiar with Babylon 5, shame on you. What are you doing? What? Are, how are you living your life? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you just like you were saying, Willie Garson. Obviously, this is this is a great cast yeah. overall. So yeah, Willie Garson. Uh, you know, he known stamp, standard uh, Blatch on Sex in the City. He'd later appear in Quantum Leap as Lee Harvey Oswald. That's right. Yeah, it comes and back to us. He's in a lot of stuff. So yeah, so yeah. we got. Uh, they're going for it big in this episode. Like it feels like there's a little more money into this one. A um, little more like. I thought this was a really well directed episode. Like it, yeah. It has it feels like a noir film. Like genuinely, yep. like they use uh, great camera angles that evoke that. That is not hard. 
uh, nostalgic uh, filmmaking. There is some 80s stuff in there, but they when they have conversations and stuff, they really get the light. Like it's black and white shy of being like a nice uh, complete tribute. Um, sets, costumes, really lush and. I was I was just impressed with how well just made technically this this episode was. Yeah. Well, we've talked throughout the season about a lot of these episodes, kind of each of them having a different kind of cinematic theme. You know, you've got your you've got your boxing one. And right. And and this one, obviously, they leaned very heavily into the into the noir theme to the point where even Sam, you could tell, was mentally getting into it and, you know, giving himself a narration and speaking like, you know, trying to speak like an old timey gumshoe and picking up the language and things like that. So, yeah, it was it was very cool to see for sure. Yeah, just utterly impressive hour of television a good for the good one to pick for the finale like any of these stories could have felt like quantum leap has such like well what are you gonna do for the finale i mean like every week's different like what's gonna and this one i don't think it like ramps up stakes but it gives it something fun to go out on um not too serious <clears throat> more genre fun uh than having the big message or, or something like that and they hadn't sure. really delve into the show enough to play with any sort of uh, mythology. Uh, not that Quantum Leap has a heavy mythology. Uh, they would go to play with some things later on, but it's just nine episodes just too early to sort of mess with, with that. Right, right. Well, this is one of the one of the first times too where they really have to start um, in terms of the timeline and where Sam leaps to. It was established early on that he can leap within his own timeline, um, and this is where they kind of have to start answering some of those questions because this episode takes place in April of 1953, and it was already well established, like we talked about last episode, mm-hmm. that Sam's birthday is August 8th, 1953. So this episode technically takes place four months before he was born, uh, and I know they do. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. That's you know. It, 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 we we kind of wander into maybe Belisario's view on pro life, right. pro choice. We don't want to. We don't need to go down that road today necessarily. But uh, you know, there's been a couple other episodes where he has leaped prior to his actual birth date. One was just a few days before in August, and one he was able to leap back all the way to 1945. But they explained that away that he was able to leap into Al's timeline. But uh, but this is the first time that he was he he leapt prior to his actual. Mm-hmm birth and i don't think they really addressed it uh, uh right out of the gate which is not a big deal but obviously for hardcore sci-fi people right. who are following it like us today uh you know it's one of those it, it raises a few questions about the technicality of things so <laughs> but easy way to just brush it all off it's science fiction absolutely oh 100 yeah like, like i said you know pro-life, we, pro-life you know, pro-choice yeah. science fiction yeah. Yeah, we can we can understand and explain it, you know, and 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 accept it. But I assume right. if if Melisario or Bacula ever go to a convention, you get that guy in the front row. No, in uh, season one, episode <laughs> nine, you clearly have moved outside of your own timeline, which was established. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like Are we you don't trying need to, to push a pro life agenda on us. Right. Yeah, and then they just go to the Shatner. You know, like you just go to the Shatner response oh, of yeah. you know it's TV nerds. <laughs> Deal get with a it. life. <laughs> get a life. <laughs> Get a life. (laughs) Oh, one of the greatest sketches of all time. He even did a little documentary called Get a Life, too, about Uh, the fans. So I love it. 
I, lo- I love it. I love all things Shatner sidebar. He's one of my all time favorite oh. people. I've, I've, I keep pitching and I'm eventually going to start writing for sciencefiction.com, a column called living obituary where I don't wait until someone dies to emulate them and talk about how awesome there they are. Yeah. And one of my first entrances is going to be William Shatner just because oh, he's an amazing character actor. And I love him on star Trek and Boston legal and pretty much everything he does. The Priceline commercials. I'll watch him in anything. I don't care. Right. <laughs> I always wanted something, some sort like I, I got it before he passed away, but Adam West and Shatner together, would have been great. We did get the animated Batman movie, which they did right. two, where Shatner played Two Face because I guess he was supposed to um, play him in the Batman TV series proper, but it, the, him freeing up from Star Trek because those shows ran concurrent with each other, never freed up for him to play Two Face on the '66 Batman show. So that's why they did this cartoon movie. But those two have such an energy that's misunderstood as like camp or ham i'm like they are in full control of what they're like people don't understand they're not it's a choice like yes adam adam west batman is a whole level of brilliance that i don't think people ever understand like still don't understand to this day but it, it is it's intentional folks like it's he knows what he's doing so right um, right and shatner as well with star trek i know a lot of people are like oh like do you need um no no guy guys a bit more uh Yep. He's very well, I was, human, I, but yes, absolutely. Well, it's, and, and it's interesting too to watch. I mean, you know, because you, you can see how they evolve throughout their mm-hmm. careers as well. I was just watching my my eleven year old daughter Amelia <clears throat> is kind of on a uh, Twilight Zone kick recently. We mm-hmm. we watched all the new Twilight Zones on uh, CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. but now she wants to go back and watch some classic Twilight Zones. Oh, yeah. And of course, we went to watch Nightmare at Twenty Thousand yes. Feet, but you know, something on the wing. And he was not. I mean, he was. You know, he over exaggerates yeah. a little bit, but he definitely his pace was different it was very quote-unquote normal for you know before he made some you know it, it, it that's it's an intentional choice that he right. makes to act that way and yeah like you said people don't necessarily see that but they should and he was so. brilliant on i mean as an old older man he was brilliant on boston legal for years where they kept oh, giving absolutely. him emmys like i mean uh, He's great. That's a, that's another one of those pairings, like you said, Shatner and West, Shatner and James Spader, Spader just oh. again getting getting four or five seasons of watching them do that is just and, oh boy. And Shatner <laughs> rubbed off hard on Spader because <laughs> when he showed up and the first time he was on the office when they did the interview episode, I was like, Oh, he is playing William Shatner yes. right now. Yes. And I was so excited when he got to be on full time and then I guess it didn't, it just didn't work out. But man, when he was in that first he I was just like Holy shit! He just he showed up as William Shatner did this job. It's good and it's uh, it's it's so fun. I mean, I'll watch it. He's another one I'll watch in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's excellent in Blacklist. I mean, I loved him yeah. as Ultron. I know I know uh, Age of Ultron, uh, the Avengers movie doesn't get a lot of love as probably the weakest of the Avengers movies, but I thought he was phenomenal. I just I I love him in everything he does too. It's so. the only one where you can just have a complete adventure too. That's right. Well, you know, there's a there, and there's there's a, there's a great meme out there online that says that Ultron is actually the greatest, uh, the most relatable Avengers villain because I mean, dude was alive uh, online for five minutes on the internet and decided that humans suck and should be <laughs> yeah. eradicated. I'm like, I feel that. I feel that. Yep. Yep. I, I, it speaks to me. I'm right there with you. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. So um, back to here. Um, yes. Kind of master <laughs> Thess. I'll, I'll I'll segue with Master Thespians. Sam leaps into a guy who looks like Humphrey Bogart and yeah and I love and the guy looks (laughs) the guy does and it's an interesting addition to the script because 
they never forget that in this ship. You could see a, a lesser writer forgetting it, playing like it start, and the way they evolve it too is great because it starts out as fun for Sam, and then it, it gets tiresome. Like when he's at the the nightclub and he they think he they're gonna play a song for him in spotlight, and he's got drinks and he's like, oh god, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it could have just been once, but it remembers to touch back on that every time. It never saves yeah. the day or anything, but. It's fun that, like, yeah, this guy would get recognized when he goes in public, like, and they don't stop from doing that. Right. It was one of those quirky things. And, yeah, like you said, it, it never became, like, a huge – they kept going back to it to the point where you where you thought, like, oh, well, this is going to come in handy in some mm-hmm. pivotal plot point. But it never did, and it was yeah. one of those very weird things. And this might be one of the episodes where Sam looks in the mirror the least amount of yeah. times. So I think they only did it maybe twice, twice. where he's – or, or you they know, in prison and, and at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they kept it even all the way through the end uh, through, through the end of the episode when he was in the airport and, and getting mm-hmm. recognized as, as hey. It's home for you know things like that. So, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting little little sidebar there. So, uh, yeah. but I mean, I, I appreciated it. I, I was not not everything has to be huge to the plot, right. obviously. So, so it's okay. And so, I, I, I could watch uh, Sam misquote uh, Bogart all day. Like <laughs> that was one of the funniest. Like, because Bacula is just like he's like adorable watching him just like have a blast. Like. Oh, yeah. Floating and being confident with Cagney lines and stuff, and and Al being like, "Oh man, like no, no, no." And, right, and this is another one, another one of those things where he accidentally slash intentionally creates a, a historical anachronism where he creates the phrase "main squeeze." You know, it's not right. quite to the level of teaching Michael Jackson the moonwalk accidentally, right. but it's it, it's up there. So, <laughs> and and I, I and I have to wonder if there's some deeper reference, like because is is. Sam misquotes Bogart all all throughout this episode, and the title is based upon a misquote from Casablanca. So I'm wondering yep. if that's hand in hand. That's why they call it "Play It Again, Seymour." Because well, the, uh, the, the the Casablanca thing too. I um I I noticed this originally, and doing some digger deeping about the or digging deeper about the episode, I was able to realize a few things towards the end when Sam asks Allison, you know, about the airplane, the, she has the airline tickets uh-huh. and she, you know, he says, where are they to? And her response uh, in the episode that you hear is the phrase, does it matter? But that does not sync up with her lips. She clearly said something different. Okay. And in, in doing some research, people actually believe that she said the original reply was actually probably Casablanca, oh. but they had, they probably had to cut it due to some rights restrictions or copyright issues and things like that. So, so I think Belisario wanted a deeper connection, but had to toe that line, you know, NBC was like, well, we can't, can't afford to make that connection or whatever. So <laughs> when I do love about, like Sam also in addition to misquoting too, uh, when she goes to leave and he goes chasing after her to leave with her, he's like, "You remember how the movie ends, right?" It's like, uh, <laughs> the movie, yes. Swiss, Swiss, <laughs> they have to say it as the movie. Yeah, Swiss cheese there, Sam. Swiss cheese. Because uh, he does not get on the plane with her in the movie. Right. Well, and this is one of those episodes where, you know, yeah, for sure, he he feels towards the end more than anything, Sam starts to be like, listen, this part's for me. You know, <laughs> like I've done like whatever whatever history needs me to do. I've probably done it already. Like yeah. this is Sam time, you know. So And, and it's basically like a lot of happens because it's similar to a book he read when he was. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Like because. Oh, I did up the top the deja vu, but yeah. So he's got that stuff happening for him too, where he has little things and, um, someone's also trying to kill him too. That's a, you know, something interesting. And, um, 
I really like, like I mentioned, the money that 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 you get an airport hangar, which those aren't always cheap with, with actual planes, and sure. um, at least from what we can see, part the planes look to scale, uh, and like the nightclub set that is it looks huge from what I can see, and it's just really impressive. Um, yeah. They're not there a whole long time, but that's impressive. And then the uh, the, the gorgeous looking apartment building set that is, yeah. Well, that goes that goes hand in hand with 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 what what you said earlier about you know really wanting to go all in on yeah. that noir type of. I mean, you know that was that was you had to have those big sets. You can't you yeah. can't do a a noir type mystery and you know and cheap out on anything really. Right. So yeah. Oh yeah, they yeah, and then they have I mean some good. They have a shootouts in here, and then they also have that uh, part where he falls down the elevator shaft or the cable, um, just and showing things look big too. I mean they're able to film yep. things uh, with a good sense of of scale and just a uh, really impressive episode. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It was it was great from start to finish, and you know, like we said, you know, you you wondered how things were going to feel here, going from you know the the last two episodes really dealing heavy subject matter in terms of you know uh, you know big picture issues, mm-hmm. you know societal issues, and then this one comes up, and you're like, oh, it's just going to be you know this is going to be kind of a, of a more of a just a a relaxer, like sit back and enjoy right. the, 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 this classic mystery type of thing. But they didn't, they didn't phone it in, right? No, like they, no, it's they, a good, they went it's, all out, which is cool. It's top notch popcorn entertainment is what they, they got here. And because it's got a good, pretty good mystery where, and they play it smart where you only know as much as Sam does throughout. Like, I mean, kind of the whodunit kind of pops up out of like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess he was here the whole time for some reason, but um, maybe it's not like, oh, wow, that was such a great mystery, but it works. It works. Uh, the fun of the mystery is finding the clues and putting them together as opposed to what it ends up being, but, I mean, it, it worked for me, and it ended in a nice action bit with fun help from Al. Yeah. Once again, you've got Al, obviously, relatively. This time, it's 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 not so much Al being the red herring and knowing everything. It's just Al finally stepping in and using his God-given hologram abilities to 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 truly help Sam. You know, yeah. you feel like at some point you're kind of watching this episode and you're like, wouldn't wouldn't Al want to be with Sam every minute that he has? Like his his life is literally in yeah. danger every second that he's in. You know, out of time. True. You would think that Al would want to be with him all the time, but this one he definitely spent more time really uh, actually helping Sam yeah. instead of being like, "Oops, I'm here for some comic relief and bye." Yes. You know? <laughs> and I'll tell you what this this is also aged well because mm-hmm. we've seen a lot and maybe it's because people like you and i we watch a lot of stuff so now we're like okay how long until they tell us it's allison doing it right how long how, oh it was someone else oh okay like it, yeah. it's at the time where it would have been clever to have allison be the killer but since right. then so many allison killers have been done like it was you know there was a lot done in the noir period too but uh um, right well, and Allison was the easy out for the plot too, right, because yeah. the plot was pushing. You know, Al was pushing in that direction. It would have been easy to be like, you know what? Hey, look, Al was right. It was, you know, obviously. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, to to be able to go in a different direction gave it that little extra twist at the end. That was that was that was still fun. Yes. Know? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and uh, speaking of Al's, we had Woody Allen 
show up yeah. as a child in this. Um, <laughs> another another one of these weird. Uh, they keep shoehorning the history thing, which I get it. You can't yeah. do a historical show and not want to kind of you know uh, make a little wink to the times. So I you know I get it. Some of them feel a, a little more organic than others. Let's say so. <laughs> he name drops his film Bananas in there, um, and his mother is very much how his mother was in like Annie Hall. We see her portrayed so. That sure. little, that little bit of fun, which kids watching today wouldn't know a fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this like, was, yeah, this one you had to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't come right out and be like, "That's Woody Allen." Like you had to know you have, you have to connect your own dots here, which I which I do appreciate. Not everything right. is directly explained to you. So yeah, definitely. Um, and to to end this, he leaps into a woman. Uh, we don't get no boy. Um, yep. yep. Just miss. And so that episode. What Price Gloria would be yeah. the fourth episode of season two. They, uh, yep. It was the final episode in the production block of this season. So this was shot during the season one episodes. But right. somewhere in production, minds changed and Honeymoon Express got moved to the season two premiere. That will, when we come back, uh, get back to Quantum Leap, we'll be talking about that one. Uh, syndication, though, would make a cliffhanger with the Honeymoon Express instead of Gloria at the end. Yeah. It's yeah, it's interesting as the as the show ages and as new streaming options pick mm-hmm. it up and then moves around to kind of see how history alters things because you know ju- just like you said um, at at one point this show was streaming on a Hulu and Hulu did list it as part of the first season um, you know but then oh, of okay. course like you said yeah so Honeymoon Express obviously was the second season and Gloria got got pushed back. Um, and then when the show was rerunning on um, like the Sci-Fi Channel and USA, yeah, they 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 actually spliced the yeah, so they actually spliced those leap ins, so so they so they made it look more organic mm-hmm. to where they removed the I leaped into the girl part and they and they put in the one we're going into the Honeymoon Express. So it's very interesting to see how history has has allowed this show to kind of rejigger itself a little bit you know so <laughs> right yeah yeah it's 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 so i'm so fascinated with how tv used to work i love reading about like bbc stuff from back in the day how their productions sure. went and stuff and how you know like you know because here in the u.s it's easy for us because tv got inspired by film over there it got inspired by theater so it's a whole different right. uh different thing um but here yeah this is an interesting thing my deep my blu-ray had gloria uh, for the cliffhanger of this so it was as right. the episode and, aired is what they right and that's yeah and that's exactly what uh when i was watching it on the roku channel they have gloria uh yeah okay. so so they so kept, when they, they mastered they for hd the they must have just went with they must have moved some, aired. right I, I don't remember how my dvd set ended um but i do know like a lot of these in syndication would change the cliffhanger to fit whatever package they were selling um right if it was like right. a lighter episode package or well, and it's interesting, too, because you never really would have thought, you know, if if this wasn't a season finale, they probably would have left it alone. Because if you're yeah. leaping, you know, we, we talked earlier where there was a couple episodes that were shot and, pre- and, and and premiered out of order. And it wasn't a big deal because it was coming again in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. But this being a season finale, you know, you didn't want to, you know, when you came back six months later or whatever, right. you didn't want to be like, wait a minute, this wait, this isn't where we left off. You know, I mean, it's not a traditional show in the sense that you get this big to be continued in 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 eight months or you know whatever thing so so yeah it's a very interesting way of how they do things then versus how we see it now right and i mean it is a great cliffhanger too for this because it's like oh yeah you're like building the whole is he ever going to go into a woman is he or like you know because that doesn't happen in the season and you're like oh they are going to go for it 
But in order to get that, it was good to hold that off for this one. Yeah, yeah. Because I yes. could see either going into the black man or going into a woman being something you'd hold to dangle for the next season. And sure. that they certainly did right there. And but you know, you gotta wait next season plus four to get to Right. Yes. You gotta yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta wait extra. You really gotta want it here. So yeah. <laughs> which is funny because I could see them doing it as a cliffhanger and if the episode's not shot, maybe not having the confidence to pull it off till you get a couple in the bag and then do it at fourth. But this was already shot. Like why right. not be the first like it's so weird. Well, so then, then it also raises the question of if you know Donald P. Belisario and the creative team, because they shot What Price Gloria as part of the first season block, did they intend that one to, to be, be the, the season, finale, yeah. the true season finale? You true. know, but yeah, because yeah, going back and looking at it, if you if you go into syndication and you and you remove it and you've got this great noir story and this is the end of the season and then they just do the leap into Honeymoon Express, you're like. It's just another leap, right? There's nothing right, quote unquote yeah. significant about this one as as significant as going into a woman. Right. That's true. That's true. Um, which yeah, we'll we will get to that sometime. But let's let's take a look <laughs> back at this first season. Um, do you have any like favorite episodes that come to mind right off the bat? Gosh, you know, I mean, it's looking back, it's it, it, it was such a treat to be able to revisit this season, and, you know, rewatching it in preparation for these discussions, because you forget really how how seminal of a show this was and how it came out of the gate with guns ablazing with it with its big ideas yeah. about, you know, Sam jumping into different people and tackling different social issues. Uh, I, I would say really j just this this first season in general was was just uh, it all was my favorite to go back and look at because you you do forget how how different and how mm -hmm. groundbreaking this show was for its time. I really do think it gets lost in the sands of time a little bit in terms of of what it did for TV at the time that it came out. So it was just it was a, just a pleasure to kind of go back and just go over the entire season from start to finish and kind of re, re, relive that fun. So yeah, and I can't really think of a many better first seasons of a show that give you a sample of everything it could be at its top, like its highest form in one little dose to be like, well, this is what we got. Do you want to stick yep. around? And uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, it, I mean, like it's, it, it's not afraid to go places. It, it gives you everything like, th like as if we might not have another season. So let's hit these things rather than, well, we could do this. And, you know, the only thing they don't do is, is the woman. Um, and we could argue that could have been, that could have been planned for season one to finish off too. Um, but I just, yeah, like I, there's ones I'm attached to, but I, from Quantum Leap, I can easily recall these nine episodes more than some of them, like some of the other seasons. Like this is just a sure. stellar first season of television that. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, like you said, they didn't they didn't they didn't feel the need to ramp up or ease into things. Mm -hmm. And that that might have been, to be honest, that might have been a pro a byproduct of the design of the show. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of standard television shows the, you know, you've got a, you know, a, maybe one or two, three main characters. And then you've got a supporting cast mm -hmm. of a dozen other characters that you have to get to know and make sure that they're testing well with audiences. And this type of show, you've got Sam and Al and literally every episode everyone else changes around them so you don't have to worry about getting people attached or just 
you know, does this character read well or whatever? You really, you, you just dive in head first as the show did. And, yeah. you know, they, they, they did in, in, in future seasons, they did some more unique things when Sam would jump back into different, you know, he would jump back into his own timeline. And, you know, there was an episode where he had multiple personalities and, and some of the personalities, even that he had jumped into in this first season kind of came back, you know, but, but yeah, like you said, this season tackled the big questions right out of the gate and you have to give it absolute credit for that for just going you know they were going to go big or go home and fortunately they didn't have to go home they got four more seasons out of it so so going big definitely worked for them you know it was a definitely a, a big swing and a big hit for them which is which is awesome so. right yeah and i think one of the like and it's still great with genesis might be one of the weaker entries just because it's forced to have things start off like that's I agree. Yeah. And, then, and then they dive right into challenging the mythology in the second episode which is just yeah. crazy good and then you know you get movie ones that evoke movies you get challenge like it yeah it's really strong for a season technically like like quantum leap nerd, leap nerd things like the it's not fully formed in terms of its presentation mainly the intro stuff right a uh, little caca. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't work for me as well. And then they have like a, like they recap stuff a lot in this first season. Like it'll start with a little narration of Sam talking about where he's been and, and what he did and stuff. And right. it's unnecessary because you didn't need to see. I mean, for the first season, since anybody knew could be tuning in any week, I guess it helps. Sure. And, you know, they were they were still finding their footing a little bit in terms of what this show was going to be versus the more classic TV right. kind of setup, at, you know, of, of the time where viewers are probably expecting a certain thing when they were when they were tuning in. So you had to give them a little bit of that while also changing those expectations. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it. Yeah, but it, I it can't definitely fault I it for something that becomes later because that's not true oh, here where we're at. Like, I mean, the intro is just not. fine. Uh, it's just fine. The theme music's great. The intro's awesome. Uh, but like, I like it better later. Um, but I can't fault this because it's figuring things out. And if it would have stayed like this, I'm sure I'd be just as attached. Um, Right. Yeah. Overall, I think you, you have to give a ton of credit to Donald P. Belisario and his writer slash creative team, like Deborah Pratt and things like that, because it's clear that they had a ridiculously well-formed idea of what they wanted this narrative to be from episode one, right? right? Like a lot of, a lot of shows take their time to find their footing and kind of shift things as, as they go along. You could tell from, from the very first episode, you know, uh, they had established the the, the specific plot points, how the show was going to go and they stuck to it and it worked extremely well because they were able to flesh out many different types of stories within that narrative. So, so yeah, you, you have to give them all, all the love for the, for the initial success here. And in terms of all his shows he's made, this is probably the one that you don't have to put nostalgia glasses on to like to stand up for and enjoy. Like it really absolutely strong. And that's because when you make things period piece, that tends to hold up better than just making it of its era too. So <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> that's, that's definitely what it is. But yeah, we've completed season one. And so, Tony, thank you for joining me for this adventure and the many more that we will be occurring. Uh, yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you for so. Thanks for letting me start with such a cool, uh, such a cool series. And yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to wherever we leap into next. We go to. <laughs> yes, definitely. So one last time uh, for now, let people uh, know. Well, that'll do for today. And I we yeah. think we've made right where other conversations about this season. Once went wrong. So, Tony, 
Uh, once more, let people know where they can leap to find your work. Sure. So you can always hang out with me at sciencefiction.com where we talk about all things sci-fi, old, new, and in between. And then me personally, you can come find me at my website, tonyshop.com, or any of the social medias, the Facebook, the Twitter, etc. It's all slash or at Tony Schaub. And uh, I'm happy to chat about anything at any time uh, with anyone, anywhere, any whom, any why, etc., etc., etc. There's no OnlyFans, only Tony Schaub. Amen to that. <laughs> All right. Now I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work at YSOBlue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peters Show this week, but from Old Space. Huh. This is my old bedroom from when I was a kid. Did I leap into my young self? Sure did. Ziggy thinks he knows how to get you out of here, though. Well, Jessica, and you have a Ziggy? I do. Anyway, in order to get back to old space, you're going to have to get through an old teen show. Okay, weird. Yeah. You need to watch the entire first season of Fox's 1992 failed show, The Heights. Once you finish, you'll be right where old space show last regenerated. Okay. And where you leapt in, you've already missed the first episode. Oh, boy. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.